0: The Giro d'Italia gave me my first Grand Tour wins in 2008. Italy was my home for many years during my career. And the people here have welcomed me as one of their own. Though the tough conditions, I've absolutely loved racing every kilometer so far. So I feel it's a perfect opportunity to say with absolute joy in my heart that this will be my final Giro d'Italia. And 2023 will be my final season as a professional cyclist. Right now, there's no need to talk about my short and long-term plans. I'll always be a cyclist, that's for sure. But for this final period, I'd like to just enjoy doing what has made me happy for the last 25 years, and that's simply to race.
1: And with those words comes to an end one of the greatest careers, not just in cycling, but I'm going to say across sport, uh, Mark Cavendish, Announcing a tearful retirement and I've got a little bit of gooseies happening here, Catherine yeah, Bates.
2: I must I must admit that I do too. I, oh. I think he was very composed. Cavendish oh. and Sargon. I mean,
1: has anyone thought of Mercy? We can't handle any more of these, <laughs> these shock retirements on the Wheelhouse podcast. We're going to get into it. Uh, it's it, the road to Rome is complete. You might notice if you're watching the podcast, how beautiful, beautiful backdrop we have arrived. In Bellissimo. gorgeous Roma. Bellissimo. Buongiorno to everyone who has been part of the journey. And as you know, and uh, regular listeners of this pro- program will know, we like to get ahead of things and be quite honest about our rundown. We're both a bit off colour. A bit of travel rigour has kicked in, hasn't it, Catherine?
2: It, it has. I mean, I think the biggest chat uh, about the Giro this week has been, you know, are the riders tough enough Do mm. they need to eat a little bit of cement and get over it? I can tell you. <laughs> I struggled to get up the stairs this morning, so um, I'm thinking that uh, maybe some of that criticism is waylaid.
1: It is indeed waylaid. I I, I will not be joining that chorus because I'm (laughs) as soft as as a marshmallow. Uh, It has been an extraordinary ride, and and as you can see, once again, we've got prime position uh, where the Gladiators come to play in beautiful Rome, and there's so much to talk about across the Giro, but I just want to talk about Cav quickly because we're going to go... In and out of Cav today. It's been an extraordinary career. And we've mentioned him. I think we had, at one point, we were like, we need a Cav jar to stop ourselves talking about Cav so much. Because it's so hard not to. The guy has left such an imprint. And you've had quite a bit to do with him.
2: I have. Well, we were actually getting quite annoyed with Cav. With the what team is he going (laughs) to? What's going on here? Um, We had Scott McGrory on some episodes ago. And he told a great story about Cav and his watch. The watch. Um, So I think it's a very multifaceted uh, fellow that we're talking about um, and when we dive into it a bit later we'll talk about some of the stats behind it uh, but fair to say there may not be another Mark Cavendish.
1: May not be another Mark Cavendish and you know what there was something about it because he was chatting to SBS and he was a little bit cagey he was a little bit like look I just want to talk about racing and this was uh, just before the big announcement so obviously he's known for a long time this is where things were leading to and there was just something about that energy there was just something about that i Let's just focus on the race and then lo and behold, bang. Lo and behold, out. bang. Well,
2: you know, he's a, a manxman and um, everybody talks about cycling as a European sport. But talking about the, the Great British Isle, Wales being represented front and centre with Geroint Thomas. Geroint has I'm, been I try to say his name properly. I feel as though nobody struggles more with his name than Australians. Well, you know
1: what I do? Because we're in the Giro, I just say GT. GT, yeah. It's a GT. GT in the GT. You can use that. Anyone that wants to use that can use it. He's been great. He's been uh, not only great on the bike, but as an advocate and a diplomat for the Peloton as well. And there's been so much action. Uh, I want to just talk about his age because, look, (laughs) like a fine wine, as they say, like a fine wine as we have on our beautiful set in Rome here, uh, he seems to just get better with age, and, and he's bidding <laughs> yes. to become the oldest Giro winner. That's something else.
2: Well, that's a line you've stolen directly from a newspaper. Um, Thomas boosts bid to become oldest Giro winner, <laughs> which cracks me up. There was another one that said um, um, Geraint Thomas fighting to become the oldest winner of the Giro. Mercy.
1: Oh. It's his birthday today. Oh, happy birthday. I put a little cake on yes. Yes. Well, it. Nice.
2: We have a beautiful little cake. I love um, to say being being the
1: oldest jiro. He's thirty six. Well, it
2: also made me laugh because I thought, I think he's just fighting to win the jiro. I don't think he's fighting to be the oldest rider. Mm. Um, And while we're lighting a little birthday cake candle for Garrett Thomas here, um, it was Mark Cavendish's birthday last week too. We've had a few birthdays Birthday's left um, throughout the jiro. I can think of possibly better things to do on my birthday than some of the conditions these guys have been riding through. But uh, if you go back to the beginning of Garrett Thomas's Giro career, the first time he rode the Giro was in 2008 when he rode for Barlow World. And um, you'd like to know that he was three hours and 23 minutes behind the then-winner um, Alberto Contador.
1: Was that crash-inspired or just, just, just didn't have the legs?
2: Uh, look column A, column B. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that I, I used to call um, Garrett Thomas autumn leaves because he's <laughs> had more injuries. This guy, honestly, he's so resilient through his career. I think at my last count, there's been three times he's broken his pelvis. Uh, he came to a world cup in Australia on the track, never made it onto the track because he hit something on the road. And um, ruptured his spleen oh and ended up in surgery. Collarbones, scaphoids, wrist, the lot of it. Um, but he has persevered, and, and of course, he took home the um, the Tour de France title. And I think everybody thought perhaps that was a little bit lucky. Wow! You know, everything just went right, and he managed to pull it off. But I think what we've seen unfolding here at, at the Giro is kind of vintage. Vintage Geraint GT. Thomas. Yeah, and I, I'm. Glad to see him at the very back end of his career uh, really rounding out. I, I think it would be fair to say a lot of people had written him off as one of the leaders at INEOS. I, yep. I think they thought he was, you know, one of the strong riders, but certainly not um, the fellow who's going to take away the victory. So I love seeing it. He's a good character
1: He's He is a good character, Autumn Leaves, on the Wheelhouse podcast. <laughs> My name's Joel Spreber. <laughs> Catherine Bates is also present. We're in beautiful Rome. We're talking about the Giro. Let's talk about the Giro because GT... You need a bit of luck. Let's be fair; it's been an, it's been an oppressive Grand Tour, uh, and he's look. The very fact of remaining on the bike and remaining in the hunt is significant. Because what if we lost forty eight to fifty? We've lost f- a million. I don't know.
2: <laughs> We've lost forty eight so far, Oof. and I thought, goodness me, that is a lot. Like that's a fairly rubbish attrition rate. And then I did a bit of a um, deep dive, as I like to do, um, as our listeners know that I like to do by now. Oh,
1: deep divey bath. Oh, deep divey
2: bath. Turns out, no, in 2010, <laughs> there were 57 people who didn't finish. Now, granted, we're not at the end yet. The riders haven't hit Rome, Rome just yet. There, there's time. Oh, hang on, are you saying we can nine. still chase down <laughs> that total? <laughs> well, I think so. I think I saw 60 was the most Wow. Um, recently, but certainly... If you look at it like that, it's quite remarkable that more haven't dropped out, Mm -hmm. given how difficult um, this has been. I want to talk a bit about uh, Adam Hansen, the writer union and the fact that these guys have copped so much criticism. Um, But while we're on the topic of Garrett Thomas, he was leading the way not only uh, with the the Maglia Rosa, um, but also with a little bit of attitude. So we should uh, take a listen to what he had to say on the topic and the criticism.
0: We see on social media that a lot of the writers from the 80s and the 90s are, are criticizing your writers in the Peloton from what we saw yesterday with the changes and everything. What is your point on that? Huh. A lot of other things happened in the 80s and 90s that we don't do now as well, which we're proud of. So, uh, yeah, they can say what they want. Thanks a lot. Thank you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, there you go. I don't know if you are. Uh... Caught. I mean, fantastic answer. I don't know if you caught what the GCN reporter uh, muttered under his I breath at that. the end there, Joel. You, well, d- you, don't well often, said. you don't often get to interview an F'n athlete
1: said. in any sport and have that kind of a connection to what they say at the end of it and say, you know
2: what, yeah. oh, I love that you said that. Well, well, I F'n do F'n too. Said. So it kind of harks back to the fact that these guys have ultimately been really advocating for themselves, including shortening a stage. Uh, Now it was great for the athletes, I think, to be able to actually have power because for many years they've been discussing the fact that they've been kind of complaining about rider conditions, but there was a real tipping point, I think, at the Giro where for once the riders had the power. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, whether or not it was the right decision, because it turned out to be quite um, a decent weather day. I think it's really symbolic that the riders actually got a voice uh, and that they aren't actual gladiators. It's yes. not a to-the-death to yep. sport. Um, and so I, I really liked that. And I, I think that some of the criticism of the riders, and I went through some of the um, the quotes and the criticisms, and it was really like the fans will give up on cycling and they feel betrayed the riders actions and I thought what if the riders aren't
1: willing to like cheat death at at, at every literally at every turn yeah Yeah. well Uh,
2: I mean that's the thing right though like a rider has a horrendous accident and the fans say this is ridiculous we shouldn't have to watch a sport where this is what we're subjected to watching like can't win that's a little bit annoying that's a really
1: tough one and GT's been across that as well
2: it, it, yes, GT. I'm, I keep getting a little bit confused. Am I winning confused. you over with the GT? I do. I like the GT. <laughs> no, I think, I, mean, I think something that we really love about the modern-day rider and the spokespeople of the bunch like Garon Thomas is that he just says it how it is. Yeah. You know, and ultimately they're paddling the canoe out there. Yeah. I mean, so quite, in although In some, some suppose- cases
1: quite literally <laughs> because the weather's been abhorrent. Um, and. and I like that, you know, being an advocate, being a spokesperson, it looks better in pink as well. So it's it's uh, there's a selflessness to sort of getting out of your your head and your race mm. focus and being like, I'm being an advocate and I'm speaking on behalf of the whole peloton here. At the same time, you like you could very much just be like, you know, shut up, all the noise, I'm focusing on mm. getting up, uh, getting over that line. Yeah, anyway.
2: I mean, the jury, it's also been criticised for being boring, but I I think that people have <laughs> short memories if they're saying that, like, yeah. you know, it's. The top three riders—it's such a tight competition. You just say
1: it's tight like a toyger. Tight
2: like a toyger. It yep. is going to come down to the wire. We're going to end the day's show, yeah, with picks. I, I don't think we should give picks until we've had the real discussions on
1: the Pixar box. On the on the uh, box. Why did I only just think of that now? It's the uh. Pixar box. Uh, they they want if you want a sport that has fights to the death, you can come right here. Yes, to the Roman Colosseum, and I wanna I wanna um. I want to throw something at you. Do you reckon we could maybe restore it into a velodrome? And we could have velodrome riding to the death. And would that make the people happy? (laughs) Maybe half flood it like they used to as well. I
2: mean, you had me there on the velodrome part the to the death bit.
1: You don't want to do to the death bit? You lost me.
2: I mean, we tried to get Russell Crowe to come on. Um, in his gladiator, <laughs> I, I suit, even no said less, that,
1: but in yeah. the email it was like, "Dear Maximus, um, yeah. are you available?" <laughs> yes, uh, I'm uh, not. Yeah, I'm not coming anywhere. No, he's at a footy show. game. Yeah. He's, he's watching my beloved eyes. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. We're in beautiful Rome. The Giro has been full of drama. One person who hasn't been there, a very good friend of the Wheelhouse, who said it himself, is of course reigning world champion Remco Evenepoel. Now, let's chat about him. He's 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 come out. He's spoken up. He's done the, the 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 best possible thing you can do as an athlete when you need to respond, and that is issue a statement. Kate,
2: he ha- I wish that he issued a um, an audio statement. Shorter statement. statement. <laughs> a shorter statement. <laughs> it's a long statement. No, he did. I mean, I think he's had a gutful based on um, this. He in this statement, I've picked out the good bits because, as you say, it is long it's statement. A, it's a it's a tome, a ponderous it it tome. Is. Yeah. Um, but he says. Leaving the race with COVID 19 infection was a very brutal end of what could have been a beautiful story. It's very romantic, isn't it? It is. Uh, Ups and downs are part of our job, and I can accept that without any problem at all. But what is hard to accept is all the fake and negative comments I got after having to leave the race. I am not the type of person that is going to hide or is afraid of losing. So, this is for those thinking that. I just want to ask everybody to remember I am not a robot but also a normal human being, husband, son, teammate, etc. Uh,
1: you know what? Good on him. And that is a real... We're talking about riders taking a bit of power back. That seems to be a bit of a theme here today. He's done that against some of the all-time greats of the sport. He's had some criticism coming from the likes of Contador and that. To come out and say, you know what? You guys... He didn't say that directly. He might have. It was a long enough statement. <laughs> might be in this somewhere. But to basically come out and say, you know what? I'm human. I'm, I'm a guy and this has happened to me. Go back... Step off basically, yeah. I mean, good I, on him.
2: I actually think this adds like an extra layer to the beauty of his journey through the sport. I thought you
1: were going to say his beauty, or to <laughs> no. his he is a good looking rooster, he's yeah. he
2: a good looking young fella. But <laughs> no, you know, I mean, he, he does say it, he says a very brutal end of what could have been a beautiful story, yeah. Uh, but I have no doubt that he will win his Giro at some point, of course, he will, and at that point, it will mean a little bit more yeah. and and I'm sure that uh, all the criticism that's come, pretty sure he won't be uh, talking to them in any interviews or, you know, giving them much love. So I think what goes around comes around Oh, in swings in of that. It'll
1: come. He's 23. You know, we're talking oh, about GT at God. 36 or, or bidding for it. There's, the glory will continue to come for Remco. But th- what I love about that is like, guys, this was a beautiful dream for me. I was very, very much intent on succeeding and winning this whole thing. Health got in the way and I, I, it's made it impossible for me. So go away. Leave me be.
2: Well, what will be really interesting, because we, we mentioned that in uh, GT's first Giro, he lost nearly three and a half hours to, to Contador on, on that occasion. And now at 36, he's looking to potentially win, yep. right? When you've got riders like Pogacar and Evenapol and Vinkigo who are winning when they're so young... I'm curious about the longevity of their careers. Will they be able to win for 15 years? Mm, mm. Or will it be a bit of a reverse um, trajectory of what we've seen with the likes of Garrett Thomas, who, by the way, he may have won a Tour de France, but in his first Tour de France, he came 140th out of 141 riders. I
1: find that respectable. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love like that. You know, if I was riding for three hours and 25 minutes, I'd lose three hours 25 minutes. Oh, it's, minutes, it's that's it. a
2: whole extra stage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty impressive, but it, it is kind of curious to think about the different journeys that the athletes Indeed. have, um, because we are going to come back around to Cav, and something that's so remarkable about his career, Joel, is that he's been winning over such a long period of time, yep. and that kind of longevity, you do not I mean, you don't have many athletes who ever achieve anything like what he has, but to do it over so many years, I think is longevity, sustained
1: success, mm. all of that. And uh, what one thing for the writers these days with your Yonases and the like is there seems to be more self-awareness. There seems to be more of a I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger and take some time away or speak up or advocate than maybe there has been in the past. Oh. Cav is one of those as well. Cav's never hesitated to say, you know what, bully, step off, that step kind of off. thing.
2: And I do wonder, do your pogachas, Vingagos, Venopouls, expect themselves to be racing in their late 30s towards 40? Or do they think they've got 10 years here and then they're on a different journey? Go I and mean, start
1: a tech company or something. Like, yeah, like time a young help. millennial. Or
2: yeah. a, uh, a Pizza Hut franchise, in the case of <laughs> Remco. <like>, when I <laughs> left
1: the Pizza Hut contract, I promised them I'd be back one day, and this is that day. Um This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. Just a quick... uh Buongiorno! <laughs> It's, <laughs> Bellissimo. it's been good to see uh, the weather improve slightly. It's beautiful here in Rome.
2: It, well, look, I think that there has been some sunshine through the Giro, but yep. it has been a pretty horrendous, uh, horrendous weather. There's been a lot of flooding, something like 35 Ugh. different towns were completely underwater. So yeah, horrendous. Um, we send all our love to the Italian people. Absolutely. Uh, we've been through that here in Australia over the last years and... Um, you know, I hope that the cycling brings them a little bit of joy.
1: And you have seen that it has as much as it's been able to. The the galleries, the, the street lining crowds have been extremely enthusiastic. We'll get onto a bit more of that later because we've probably got an all-time <laughs> highlight <laughs> yes. for that. Um, we are coming to you from the Colosimo di Velodromo uh, in Rome. My name's Joel Spreber. This is Catherine Bates. This is the Wheelhouse Podcast. Let's, let's do it. Let's talk about CAV, Kate Bates. Uh, so... We don't need to go through his numbers because everyone knows that they're extraordinary. He's given himself one more Tour to France, um, all being well, to chase that all-time record, of course. Not that he needs to. Uh, let's get a comment from you first on the, the achievements and then your associations.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, 53 Grand Tour stages, no less. He's been world champion. And uh, I just want to be the first to put it out there, Joel, and... Uh, A couple of weeks ago, the course for the Glasgow World Championships, uh, later on this year, the first Super Worlds, was released. And I said to Mercy, that's a a Mark Cavendish course. It's a
1: sprinter's course. Are we going there, Merksey? Will we be there? I think it's a Peter Sagan course. (laughs) Of course we'll be there. (laughs) Yes.
2: You would say that, Merksey. Especially if it's a Peter Cigar. I think <laughs> yeah. Merksey
1: will pay for us himself if, if, it's, if, <laughs> if, if it's, it's a Peter Cigar
2: No, but I think that imagine, I mean, forgetting the Tour de France record, yeah, that'd be good and all that jazz. Mm. Imagine if Mark Cavendish won. I mean, although a lot of people wouldn't love that because there'd be nobody in the peloton next year in the rainbow jersey, but it would almost be worth that's it. Co- that's so cool. though. I what know. a legacy. I know.
1: A Welshman in Scotland.
2: Uh, well, a manxman, a manxman, a manxman, a manxman. Manxman. in Scotland. Oh, Jeez, that'd going be back offensive, to like wouldn't like it? century oh, that, battle lines. There. I probably, yeah, I probably need to look into my history, but yeah. I feel like that may upset a few.
1: <laughs> if you are the old Saxons, I <laughs> Well, no, well we can't. I
2: mean, Chris Hoy, he's he's <laughs> Scottish, but I can't imagine he's making a comeback anytime soon um, mm. to get out there. But no, look, Mark Cavendish is simply remarkable. I've had a lot of um, dealings with him through the years when I was racing uh, as well. And I can tell you from the very first um, time that I met him, he has been a very respectful, very kind. I was about to call him a young man. He's not a young man anymore. Well, but he, he is, but yes. Yes, but yes. back then he was a yep. kid and um, I remember the first – because he was a track rider. He's a very good track rider. And um, the first time he came to Australia to do a World Cup uh, on the track and my sister was actually working – Uh, with the British team. She was the uh, physiotherapist and he won the Madison at the World Cup and he started crying, like got super, super emotional. He was a young boy. And I remember Nat kind of relaying this story to me and I was in there racing as well, but hadn't noticed. And uh, just talking about how this young kid was not just so talented but so passionate about yeah. it. And she loves saying that, and I never forgot that. Uh, let's hear some of his words, I mean, for fear of getting more um, teary and emotional ourselves, mm. um, about what it meant to him.
0: Cycling's been my life for over 25 years. The bike's given me opportunities to see the world, meet incredible people. It's taught me so much about life, about dedication, loyalty, companionship and teamwork, sacrifice, humility, and perseverance. All important things. Now as a father, and I can show my children. Today is my son Casper's fifth birthday. Unfortunately, it's a rest day and I can see my beautiful family and spend his birthday with him. And I think it's important that now I can be there every birthday for my wife, Peter, and all our children. It's important. I can see all the school concerts. It's important that I can support them in their sporting competitions, and it's important I'm able to run around with them without fear of injury or getting sick.
1: There it is. Like the the, the heart rules. The heart decides. Uh, it's funny because it's you know how much he's been invested in these achievements and these. There's been no shortage of noise around the various records he's been pursuing. So to get to a point where you have that clarity and you have that, you know what, I've, I've, I've done it. I've, I've done enough. I'm happy with what I've done. There are more important things. It's, that's huge coming from an athlete of this magnitude. Yeah.
2: And it's it's hard not to feel quite overcome with emotion when listening to his words and, and his shaky voice because he's very emotional uh, in the statement too, as you can imagine he would be. Uh, but His career, if you look at other sports and try and compare someone to what he's achieved, you almost are left wanting Mm. because there are very few athletes who win over such a long period of time who get knocked down and get back up again time and time again and do it with some kind of pomp and ceremony about it. He's never been afraid uh, to say what he's thinking. He's been criticised heavily for it, but he's always just copped it and come back again and again. And he's been raw and honest. Um, And I absolutely love that. And um, I I have to tell one um, story, Joel, because when I was racing uh, for T-Mobile and I was world champion in 2007, we went to uh, a World Cup at the beginning of 2008 um, when – I was then world champion and uh, Mark Cavendish was world champion as well and Bradley Wiggins in the Madison. And uh, the fellows forgot their rainbow striped skin suits.
1: It happens, yeah. (laughs) With
2: the T-Mobile branding on it and, uh, of course... I hadn't been world champion before, Joel, so I had 50 on me at all times. (laughs) Anyway, I lent them my skin suits and uh, they raced in them, but it had my name on the back. It said Bates on the back. So they crossed that out. And I said, the only thing I want in return uh, is them to sign it. So I have a world champion T-Mobile skin suit uh, with Mark Cavendish and Bradley Wiggins' signature on it in the cupboard. What? I know. This is a live
1: reveal uh, for Prize anyone who is What? position. Yeah. Firstly, you've swapped skin with Cav, <laughs> essentially. Uh B possibly the most valuable piece of cycling memorabilia. Yes, we're going to Glasgow because we might just trade in one of those and take our yeah. an yeah. go five stars.
2: No, it's I mean it that in itself was a pretty funny Yeah. um pretty funny moment to reflect on, but yeah, I think we'll miss him, and I think for all of the times that we've said, "Oh God, what are we talking about, Cav again?" Like, there's always something. Yeah, it's incredible that over fifteen plus years, there's always something to talk about with Cav.
1: There is, and as a guy too, because there's been a lot of malign. He's been maligned around, uh, you know, little tanties and stuff like that. I remember when I first came in, and he was there was. A lot about oh Cavendish is losing it again, and he was having little oh my my bars aren't right and blowing up at, at teammates and that sort of thing. And people were, I guess, giving this perception that he was a bit of a cranky pants, bit of a um, throw the toys out of the cot kind of character. Oh
2: no, two ways about it. He's certainly is had that his what cra- he's like behind? <laughs> like, is that what he's like? What's he actually? Yeah, I mean, the... I think he's passionate. Yeah, you know, I think he he knows how to win. He he knows what he needs to win, and he doesn't accept anything less than that. Mm-hmm. And he had, I think, when this announcement was made, I I thought a lot of um, Aussie Mark Renshaw, who was part of so many of Mark Cavendish's victories over the years, from T-Mobile to High Road, HTC, uh, when there were these beautiful, iconic images of Mark Cavendish crossing the line with his arms in the air, and a few frames back, Mark Renshaw uh, with his arms in the air, celebrating his teammate, but his mate's, uh, yep. Victory and, and they were together for the most part of their career after wow. that, uh, which was a really beautiful partnership in sport. And and if you want to look at um, how much we'll miss Cav, I think we've already missed the um, the Mark Mark the Marky Mark combo yep. of Renshaw and Cavendish for a number of years. I want to see who steps up. Yeah, I'd like another like partnership there where one doesn't go anywhere without the other, and see what they can do.
1: We can only hope. We can. I'm putting it out. Have you got a candidate? Have you got a a duo that you could nominate? No. I don't. What about Jay Vine and Pog? (laughs) Oh, well. Just throwing it out there.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think in my, like, good pickup, yes. But I think, I'm thinking sprinters. You know, like, I want, like. Okay. Like. Like. Milan, Jonathan Milan, I want him to have a teammate yeah. that he can't win without. They have they have to be there. They kind together. of have to be there, That's even if station. just for moral support, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if nothing else. Uh, he spoke uh, a lot about family and, and things he's missed out on and things he wants to be involved in, and that leads me to questions of legacy and, I guess, ongoing association with the sport once he retires. Because the way he spoke is kind of like, when I'm done, I'm done. I'm out. Do you think he'll be able to do that?
2: I think he's so passionate about the sport that he'll always be a bike rider. Uh, It's just what form that takes. I don't imagine that he'll be a team director on the road because then he won't achieve what he's just said he's trying to by having more time with the family, by being there um, at the kids' concerts and supporting their um, sporting careers like his was supported. So I don't think so. But I tell you what, he'd make a, a very good analyst He'd well, make yeah. a very, very good analyst. So perhaps we can try and give him a call. Oh goodness! Like, say. yeah, there's not a lot of room on this desk. Perhaps we can try Joel, and give him but another we call. We make some room. Mercy, <laughs> can you? Um, what do you think? Can we squeeze in another chair here for Kev? Yeah, for Kev. Yeah, I'll get onto it. <laughs> well, he's. Oh, he, I was going to say he's only a wee little fella, so we don't need a lot of room. But to my horror, Joel. <laughs> oh no. I. Of course, in Googling him, um, he's only a centimetre shorter than me. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I've i stood next to him many times. Yeah. But I've always felt that he was this tiny because his proportions are a bit different.
1: Okay. Um, he's got short
2: legs and a longer upper body. So on the bike, he looks quite small. Yes. But he's not. And okay. when I saw he was pretty much the same height as me, I was... I don't know, mortified.
1: Mortified. Whenever you start a sentence mm. with "to my horror," to my horror, I very much hold my breath. I
2: know. Well, uh, so what I'm saying, Joel, is he'll need a normal adult size seat okay. on the
1: desk. <laughs> okay, we don't need the booster. No. Uh, but honestly, what a career! Uh, honest, we, we don't need to sit here talking about numbers. The numbers are incredibly, extraordinarily out of this world. We're going to have him for a little bit longer. Um, before anything else, let's. Finish the grand tour we're in at the moment on the Wheelhouse Podcast. A very quick... (laughs) Bellissimo! Ciao! Lovely friends here in Rome. And everyone's been so nice accommodating us. We sort of just came onto this balcony and said, "Oh, do you mind if we use that? And not only did they say yes, they gave us a bottle of wine, a muffin, a candle. I've got a coffee here. coffee. It's been very, very accommodating. (laughs) Uh, Buongiorno! Let's talk about the Giro because we need to get through the Giro before we get to the rest of the season. And... As GT said the other day, look, you know, we've got a lot of the hard work done now. It's a bit of downhill action, then it's going to come down to a TT. Mm. And uh, I think when it comes around to final stage TTs and complacency, there are some historic lessons to be learned for for many riders. Kate.
2: Yes, can GT hold up for the TT? Ooh,
1: that's a big one. The GT v GT on victory. the TT <laughs> needs to stay. Uh, yeah, got nothing. doesn't matter. It's
2: not... I mean, with this kind of parkour, it is not over till it's over. 2020, mm. we go back to the Tour de France where Primoz Roglic was wearing the Maillot Jaune. Yeah. Leading into the final big stage before the ceremonial jaunt around Paris. And uh, they had a 36-kilometre time trial finishing up La Planche de Belleville, which is a significant mountain. Uh, the first... Place that uh, Chris Froome ever won a Tour de France stage, incidentally. So we know it's uphill, and uh, it's <laughs> Roglic lost a minute fifty six. Yeah, I, I remember to this. To yeah. Pagaccha, and uh, and he lost, he lost the tour. I remember everyone
1: because we were in Sydney. Uh, there was this COVID thing happening anyway. We couldn't, you know, but mm. what, and everyone just being like, "Oh, a
2: minute 56. The scenes of Tom Dumoulin who was a teammate of um, Roglič them standing there with their masks on arms crossed towels yeah. over their shoulders watching it unfold is just a horror of horror the horror but uh, he as Roglič was climbing <laughs> he almost looked like he'd borrowed a kid's bike like he looked so out of sorts on the bike and his helmet was super crooked It just looked all wrong.
1: Everything about it was wrong, and it kind of heralded the Sticky Tape Man era in a certain sense as well.
2: It did, and and that was absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, on the flip side, Cadell Evans sealed his Tour de France uh, victory with a time trial on the second last stage. So it's a big... It is definitely a a very big stage, but, yep, it'll be that stage 20 individual time trial uphill, very, very much uphill, and... I'm going to put it out there. I, I'm a fan of Garrett Thomas. I mean, he's been remarkable. We've ju- we've talked a lot today about how wonderful we think uh, the Welshman is. Yeah, but I'm not sure, straight up a hill. You don't think he has the legs that I would rate him over Roglic.
1: You you don't think he has the legs after the performance that he's already delivered, um, the the conditions he's pushed through mm. to be. To have the pink jersey for as long as he has. Yeah,
2: I think that Yumbo Visma have been biding their time somewhat okay. and uh, and playing it very smart, more patiently and more strategically than perhaps they have done in the past. Uh, but I think it's fair to say that with three riders really in contention, um, of course, Garrett Thomas, Roglic, and Yar ja, Almeida, that we've got a lot of exciting racing left
1: on our we hands. We do. And it's, I think. It's um,
2: certainly not over like we've seen in some of the. Past Grand Tours, where yeah, the yeah. last week has been pretty meh.
1: Primoz has been... Uh, there's a symmetry to this too, because it's 2020. I know it's a different tour, but Primoz has been like, <laughs> just you yeah, oh. There's a There's a <laughs> real sense of, leave me alone, I'm flying under the radar and I'm waiting to pounce from Primoz. And we saw it the other day when, when the press pack was, was hassling him after he, after he came out of doping control. And he's basically... What did he say? He's basically like, mate, there are that many other riders, why, do you, why are you so obsessed with me? There's a real sort of just... Leave me be. I'm just gonna come in yeah. under and then hit you with a massive uppercut <laughs> at the best possible time, which Kate Bates, I think, is officially predicting, will be the final stage TT.
2: I think. Well, yeah. Final I am real two. stage. Just so, yeah. just so
1: we know, I'm I'm getting behind the <laughs> sticky tape man because of the longevity in GT. Like we, t- we speak about age and all of that. We speak about the oppression of this tour so far. I just don't think he's gonna have the legs.
2: Yeah. Well. I- I think that whoever wins, it'll be pretty popular. Um, our friends over at Lantern Rouge are amazing, like stalky fans of Yao Almeida. Um, so I think that's... fans. Yeah, stalky fans. Um, <laughs> okay. That's for you, Benji. Yeah. Um, the, I I'm not sure if that translates well for for the Flemish. Um, okay. Stalky fans. We can try it. Are you going to have yeah. another fight with an entire <laughs> country? I'll try not to. Belgium <laughs> let's, again. <laughs> let's talk
1: about the women's tour um, on the Wheelhouse podcast coming to you from beautiful Rome outside the Velodromo di Colesimo. Now, Demi Lishan is back. It's like it never left. It left briefly, but it's back, Kate.
2: It is. Well, she absolutely dominated the Vuelta Burgos, uh, winning every stage along the way. So how's that? How's that? That's okay. Demi, um, to get her one back after the Vuelta. The next World Tour stop is Ride London. um, But before that, they're racing... Uh, the Touring and Ladies Tour at the moment. It's a special place for the Aussies. Uh, we've got a lot of history there. And I might say we've got a lot of Aussies racing there because yep. Team Bridgelane uh, are also there as well as ARA Skip Capital. So it's fantastic. But uh, SD Works have sent what you would call, I guess, the B team. No disrespect to them, but in terms of they've got two squads going. Yeah, so the Vollering seconds. isn't there. The seconds. Um, but they're still going top three on the stages. <laughs> As they do. So I think it's there's a little bit of discourse among the fans like, come on now, why are SD Works just cleaning up across um, the board? I've got a theory. You,
1: you I ready? did, I did, like, have we got some sort of. Burn, da, dun, 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 dun.
2: All right, I reckon that SD Works. Uh, Using up all their matches, but the likes, of the other big teams, like the likes of Trek, Sega, Fredo, and Yumbo, they're just getting ready for the Tour de France, fam. Wow. Yeah. So okay. like, like, oh yeah, cool, SD works. You win everything, but then come Tour de France, fam.
1: We're going to knock you out. We're going to knock you out. Yeah, they're so. doing a primos. <laughs> they're just like, leave us alone, flying under the radar. There's other riders, but... I get it from a fan's point of view. Questions mm. of depth and all that kind of thing. You're like, gee, really? really? I
2: know. Well, um, Ride London will be great because Lizzie Diagnan uh, will be back racing there. Now, that's a really cool race that came out of the legacy of the London Olympics. And um, they go down the Mall and, uh, you know, beautiful scenics of Gorgeous. London. Gorgeous. And um, here in Australia, still a little bit of royal fever after the coronation.
0: Uh.
1: So, um Yes. I'm we're, we're excited here to We're in, in Italy. <laughs> Sorry. Over back Baku- in Australia, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, absolutely. And some Aussies uh, making headlines as well. Neve Bradbury has been very, very, very impressive.
2: I am glad you mentioned her. Yes, she is uh, currently wearing the Young Riders jersey. Um, she came through Zwift Academy and joined Canyon SRAM, and she's had a bit of a rough trot um, along the way. Not um, the smoothest of rides over the last couple of years, but I'm so glad to see her back and firing. And uh, Ruby Rose Gannon also running some top fives in stages too. So go Aussies.
1: Up the Australians. Up the Up Australians. It'll be really interesting. I really like your theory. Mm. I feel like we need like a theory whiteboard. Mm, I like it too. A conspiratorial whiteboard. There's
2: a lot of... Con- I mean, I <laughs> I very often criticise people
1: with conspiracy theories, but I no, have like, some of my own. <laughs> bring on the femme. It's like when you're targeting the big ones, That's there's, there's something there, Kate Bates. There's something there. Now... Let's talk about superfans on the Wheelhouse Podcast because we love when we find a good superfan. And, you know, what was that guy's name? I'm, I'm having a moment. The Tour de France guy that used to jump up and down, the devil. Oh, the um, devil. I yeah, can remember his. Didi, that's it. Didi the devil. We've been looking for a replacement. We've been looking for a new Didi. Mm. Uh, we thought <laughs> we had one on the corkscrew at the Tour Down Under.
2: Are you referring to yourself, Joel? Chasing Jackie
1: Fox? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, my effort that day pales. In comparison to this latest one, Kate. Yeah. i,
2: I, I wanna to listen to this. Let's just take a listen to it because it's it is out of this world. Impressive yeah. his encouragement. <laughs>
1: Come on, buddy. Come on, just like riding on
2: just This is shit. He's running alongside. You go up the hill you go down the hill you've got this
1: <laughs> it is so good so Derek G has had 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 an excellent tour three second places and a fourth this guy one of the more oppressive climbs you kind of he gets so up in his face he's he's running alongside he him showing tremendous stamina they're, they're on a massive climb and Derek's like he's he's keeping his focus as he does unlike Jay Vine might I add who on the corkscrew looked directly at me and went <laughs> thanks, ma- thanks, mate. I will go. I don't want to do well, <laughs> but you, you, I always wonder about this because the writers—they're like in, in, just indefinable, undefinable pain, whichever <laughs> in or on, whichever one it is. and he's right there going, come on, on, what do you do? do? Like, do you like, like, I love the, I love the fandom, but is Derek a little bit like, can you just get out of my face?
2: Oh, no. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. And I might also say that I wouldn't have imagined that Vancouver Island was, uh, was particularly hilly, but um, given that he says it's just like Vancouver Island, just like Vancouver Island, like you can do it. I mean, a few swear words in there too, but, the story goes on. It doesn't end There's there. There's a bromance, Just, well, isn't there? Yeah, because this fella, Sean, his name is. Um, Sean. Sean. Uh, he has turned up to the team bus. The team bus has invited him to come along um, and meet Derek G in person. And he's he brought him a gift,
1: Joel. A, 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 a tome, I believe. <laughs> he brought him
2: a book um, yep. called Uccelli. Uccelli. Um, and when he brought it, he muttered the line, I know you're a keen birder. <laughs> what? So, a birder. This, thank you, internet, for teaching me this. Is called an ornithologist.
1: Oh, okay. So,
2: someone who is into birds and bird watching.
1: Oh, okay, so there you a go. birder.
2: A birder, like just like Phil Liggett. Why do we just
1: call it Phil Liggett? Like, hello,
2: friend of show, Phil.
1: G'day, Phil. Phil,
2: if you describe a bird to Phil, he will know exactly what bird you are talking about. If you just describe the sound of it, he will know. Wow. Yeah, incredible. And so That's it turns out um, Derek G and Phil Liggett are the one and only have a lot in common. They're both ornithologists.
1: Mersey Got a bit of a fact on the uh, height of Vancouver Island. Oh, please. 2,195 metres at its highest, which is about 7,200 feet. Heavens. There you go. Heavens indeed, real I, I, heavens, tit touching kind of action. I genuinely
2: that is. didn't realise that, but there you go. And,
1: okay, well, you know what? Massive effort on Sean's part. Like Derek's doing it tough. Sean is sprinting he alongside is. him.
2: Well, he, I mean, he's garnered a bit of press himself um, because of his antics, and uh, he has said that he's talked to the locals, figured out the best places to be, and the fact that Derek <laughs> G just gets in so many breaks has really made his job. As a super fan, quite easy. It's easy. I know. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's easy for him. And, yep. um, I mean, you have to wonder, while Derek G has been in all these breakaways, is he out there going like, oh, I think that's a blue-breasted wren.
1: Yeah, does that throw you? I'd love to know. In Derek? that tree above,
2: I'm not sure why I gave the Canadian a British accent, but it just seems right.
1: Okay, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, blue of wren. I can't <laughs> do it either. Now uh, that's great. It's good to see. I love. I do love that about cycling. That 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 level of interaction is. It is, is top. I I do mm. go back to wondering though, if you're there in like just a absolute world of pain, and there's somebody bruh bruh bruh. You're like. <laughs> I
2: think you probably. He probably half heard it, and then when he rewatched the video, and the coverage was like, "Oh, I remember that guy." That guy. That's yeah. right.
1: Unlike Jay Vine, who once yeah. again was full of appreciation for my pursuit at uh, on the Cork Street. Oh, he was
2: way. all over it. Now, if you and or Sean are going to be the super fans mm. to replace Dee Dee, I think there needs to be an outfit um, <laughs> of sorts.
1: the Devil is taken. The devil
2: is taken. Why so don't I
1: dress up as a blue breasted wren?
2: <laughs> well, yep. Yeah could be
1: okay i'm just saying oh my i do like that though it's like coming down like, oh it's an albatross oh my god okay uh the the giro is wrapping up we've had four great shows uh if my maths is correct yes uh from beautiful italy it's been an, an outstanding tour i think we'll do it again oh, i think we'll I think be so. back
2: I, I think there may be a trip to paris a trip to glasgow um i can see some of my um, family members over there, love that. And uh, in the meantime, but yes, I think we'll Wouldn't be that back require to a trip Bella trip to Italia Denmark? as well. Yes, Denmark they're not could. far away. Yeah, just true. a bit further north. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's
1: get the Pixar The Pixar box out. Kate the pizza I think uh, the best way to wrap up our stint in Bella Italia is to give some final tips. Now the box has been absolutely torn to shreds. Mm. Let's be completely honest, quickly. So, uh, Maddie Keenan, uh, Ramco, no. Uh, so. You had Primoz as your GC from the get go. I
2: stand, I stand by Primoz. You're,
1: you're going to tip him to do that TTM. I wash am. I am. That, uh, that, that happened to him in yep. 2022.
2: And I will very happily describe him as the former ski jumper,
1: <laughs> the sticky <laughs> when tape he does, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also uh, had Primoz. <laughs> In the GC. And are and you sticking by that? You know that he's my, him and Julian Alaphilippe are like my two heroes.
2: Well, okay, this is true. I, I so feel yes. like Merxy, um, now he put down Primoz, but uh, Merxy, are we holding to that?
1: I'm going with the uh, the wise old head. He's Ooh. going to GT? GT? okay. There you go. Do you want to uh, uh, adjust that? He's going with J.
2: yep, I'll write that on.
1: Now, just for the sake of mirth, let's just quickly have a look over some of the other names that we dished up. Four weeks ago, and with all respect to those names... Um, uh, we
2: had <laughs> Ganna for the TTs. Well, he was out early. Um, we had Albo. Yeah.
1: Vincenzo, Vincenzo Albanese. Albanese. <laughs> yeah, I'd had that just in, he, in a shout-out to... He was Gabby.
2: 11th in yesterday's stage, yep. in the sprint stage. Uh,
1: Jay, I'm so fine. Jay Vine was still your smoker. We chatted about this on the last episode. Um, what I love about Jay is he's lost a lot of time and all that, but he's still been like, you know what? I'm not going to stop trying.
2: No, no. Look... I'm not sure that the Smoky's going to yield anything, to be honest. Okay. Um, we had Molimer as um, the Smoky um, from Kino. I'm yeah. not sure that, has, that holds magpie. up too much. And we've got lines through Gagenhart, Hart,
1: um, Thomas Gloag. There you go. you got to put lines through them. The
2: mathematician, um, <laughs> the mathematician. He gets a line through him too. He's still in the race, though.
1: Okay, so Kate and myself will be sticking with the Sticky Tape Man Mercy from the wheelhouse, this is the wheelhouse team tipping, of course, is going to back in GT. Geroint, Thomas, to get the job done, become the oldest. At the ripe old age of 30, was it 36. 38? 36. Sorry, yeah. 36. Yeah, so very old. Anyway, uh, let's see how we go. We'll wrap it all up in the next episode. Thank you so much for coming on this Odyssey with us. Yeah. It's such an honor to finish. In front of the uh, Coliseum de Velodromo. We're going to go pitch yeah. that idea to the I local. Think so.
2: I think so. I think so, yes.
1: I think it's going to work. Prego. Prego. <laughs> My name's Joel Spreadborough. Your name is.
2: Katrina Bates. Oh,
1: sorry. My name is Giuseppe Sbrebrujo. And I'm going to say <laughs> a very big ciao and massive shout out to Mercy who has done all of this. Merxi, yes. thank you, man. The uh, producer with the most. Time for wine.
2: Ta- time for wine. <laughs> <Glets laughs> of wine.
1: Uh, like, share, subscribe, tell everyone you know. See you next time on the Wheelhouse Podcast. Ciao. Melissa! <laughs>
2: oh,
1: no! Did you eat this pizza? Oh, I, I was saving that for the end of the. <laughs> Who ate the pizza? <laughs> Mercy, did you eat the pizza? It still would have been good, too. It had anchovies on it, they last forever. This has been fun. This uh, has been fun. Do you have my passport? No. Shit. Maybe Russell Crowe's got
2: it. Should I call him? <laughs> yes. Father to a murdered son.